0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Friar Lounge Podcast, where we regularly talk in-depth about the San Diego Padres. We cover the big league club, our minor league clubs, Rumors, and NL West. Let's get started. For today's episode, episode number three of the Friar Lounge Podcast, we'll be talking about the Padres' talented youth on display in Peoria, the bullpen dilemma, the 40-man roster, and we're going to do our first Q&A segment by our fans. I'm your host, Mark Collier, and I'll be joined by fellow baseball writers, Nick Reckia. How's going, Nick? Doing good, Mark. Doing good. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining. Uh, and also, George Arce. George, how's it going tonight?
1: Hey, what's up, guys? It's
0: going all right, guys. Excited uh, for, for baseball. Uh, Padres are in Peoria, team 7-1. and one. Things are looking pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I like to start just by talking to some baseball and... And first, before we jump into our topics, just understand what what's what, uh, what are you guys' feelings on on uh, what we've seen so far? And give me a you know your your early thoughts, George. On uh, I'll start with you. On what do you, what do you think?
1: Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited what the team's doing so far. Uh, I like what the coaching staff's done. Uh, I was a little skeptical on the Jace Tingler signing. Just uh, you know, too many connections with Preller in the past. But uh, I think he kind of hit this one on the head. Uh, i like the voice i like the leadership they brought in a good coaching staff to kind of back them up with some experience and uh the kids they look good in the brown uniforms and uh, they're performing on offense and defense and on the uh, the pitching mound here in spring training out of the gate so it's uh it's been a fun early ride man
0: absolutely absolutely Nick what what are your thoughts uh just uh you know after this uh, first week or so of uh, padre baseball
2: Obviously, it's still early, you know, wrapping up the, the February spring training kind of intro. And uh, the things that are pretty common that, that have been reported so far is that the pitching has definitely looked on point uh, from the starting pitching to the bullpen. The young players, there's definitely been some performances so far that have kind of opened some eyes in early in camp. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later on here today. And then the third thing is just there, there's more of a seriousness in camp this year. Um, there's less talk about developing and stuff like that. That's still going to be a huge part, but there's an emphasis on doing things perfectly, doing things the right way at a high level and winning ball games this year. Uh, less about holding the hand and more about getting it right and winning.
0: Uh, there's a lot of excitement, uh, with this youth and that's something actually, that's our first topic tonight. So I think we should just jump right into talking about the, the Padre youth. Uh, you know, from, uh, you know the team feels pretty balanced right now in terms of what we're seeing. We're talking about the, the pitching infield and outfield, I think we can go through a little bit about a little bit of that. A lot of uh, of youth on display, and and you know I'd like to start by just talking about a few few arms that we've seen early on in camp. Uh, you know, Michelle Baez and, and Adrian Marhone. um certainly a couple names uh, from the from a starting pitching standpoint that have excelled so far. And we haven't seen a couple guys, Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino, which I have a feeling they're, you know, they're slow playing those guys a little bit just to give them some more time. And um, so love to like uh, talk a little bit about that guys. We'll start with pitching and then we can move to some of the exciting players that we've seen from an infield outfield. But Nick, I'd, I'd like to start with you and get your thoughts on some of the early uh, talent we've seen from a pitching standpoint.
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. One of the most impressive performances so far by any Padres pitcher in camp is—I definitely would say—it probably was Adrian Morone's performance uh, against the Angels the other day. If you're looking at the the first four batters he faced: David Fletcher, who's a pretty valuable asset for the Angels, breaks his bat. Mike Trout reaches first base on a squib single after breaking his bat, and then a couple decent hitters after that, and uh, Anthony Rendon, who struck out. Looking and then Shohei Ohtani, who struck out swinging. That's a pretty good first inning, right there, by Mr. Morjon. And then uh, Michelle Baez, the, the six foot eight Cuban hurler. That kid has got a fastball this spring, has been touching 97 98, and the slider is now reaching more in the high 80s. Uh, that kind of arm is something that's going to be probably starting at AAA in a starter's fashion, but. It's it's a beautiful thing to see that the stuff is ticking up like it was two years ago uh, in, in a starter's role. So definitely some things to look forward to right there.
0: Oh, absolutely, uh, George. I'd like to get a couple of your thoughts here, um, shifting gears a little bit um, from to an infield. Um, you know, thinking about guys like Owen Miller and Ivan Castillo and Cronenworth. The um, you know. Seen, we've seen. I think enough of these guys so far to to have an opinion about that. And I would just love to get your thoughts on, you know, w- what you think about these guys and and uh, you know who might stick or, or who's going to be be close to to maybe touching the major league roster at some point this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think one guy uh, that that we kind of talked about is Cronenworth, uh, another diamond in the rough pick by Preller. Uh, you know, uh, I know we like the depth he brings to the table that he. He's, you know, he can sit there and hop on the mound. He can play an infield position. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's having some great at-bats. Uh, the outs that he's got hitting into uh, are hard-hit balls. And I think through the spring training, he's about 364 uh, with his average. So he's doing a great job and going to give Jace Tingler, uh, you know, some some options on, on who's going to going to be man in manning this, uh, the infield position. Uh, he, at the end of the day, he was the International League batting champion last year and led the league in OBP. So uh, he's definitely somebody who knows – uh, what to do when he's in the batter's box, and that's something that the Padre offense has missed over the last, you know, let's just call it a good decade that the offense has struggled. So uh, I think Cronenworth's a great, great guy to, to get in there, and he's, uh, you know, positional gives us positional versatility at the end of the day. So I'm excited for, for a guy like Cronenworth. Um, in terms of another youth, again, Grisham, uh, I think he's really stepping up here in spring training, uh, playing with some great center field. And having some quality at bats, and, and same thing, he's hitting into some hard outs as well. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the uh, the youth brings to the team. And in terms of the offense, uh, or the uh, the veteran leadership on the team, I think it's a good balance between the the young kids and and uh, and the vets.
0: No, absolutely, George. I think uh, you know if we think back to last year, you know, um, difference from what we saw last year and what we're seeing this year a big part of that was just getting on base and, and the ability to drive the ball. I think last year's team we can all we can all, you know, easily say that a lot of guys last year were just kinda of loading up looking to hit the home run, hit the ball at the ballpark. We're talking Hunter Renfro, Fran Reyes. Um, this is a very has a different feel. So obviously some similar faces here, but, you know, some of the guys you mentioned, George, uh Cronenworth and, and even like Vossler and Ivan Castillo you know, seeing some of these guys spray the ball around the field. Um, you know, and obviously uh, we saw a home run from Vossler. It's nice to see that power, but he's a guy who has versatility. Um, Trent Grisham is a guy, who, like you said, has a who can drive the ball out of the ballpark. Um, you know, haven't really talked much about Owen Miller, another exciting piece that we might see. But, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fun vibe right now on camp. And I'm excited, guys, because we're going to be there this next week and Talking to the players and soaking it up—it's uh, going to be a good time. Uh, Nick, there's you know a few names that I think uh, you know worth mentioning. Uh, Georgia mentioned Grisham in terms of outfielders, but you know, talk to me a little bit about the um, you know I think three outfielders that I, I I'm thinking of: uh, Taylor Trammell, Edward Oliveras, and Jorge Oña, uh are exciting pieces as well. Uh, what have you seen so far from those guys, and, and what do you think?
2: I'm going to start off with with Jorge Onya, who, keep in mind, last year at AA in Amarillo, before having a shoulder, a shoulder injury at the end of the season, was hitting over 320 with power in the first month and a half of the season. So having him healthy, you got to keep in mind, back in the, the giant J2 class of 2015, he was one of the big bonus babies. In fact, I believe he was given the second largest bonus out of the entire J2 class that year behind Adrian Marjone. I think it was a $7 million bonus out of Cuba. So an incredibly talented guy. Looks like he's built to play fullback in the NFL, possibly, if baseball doesn't work out. (laughs) Uh, But you're looking at a bat, and that was the carrying tool for him was the power bat coming out. So if he can maintain some of the success that he showed early on last season, that's going to unlock a whole different level of, of prospect fandom for him. Uh, going into Taylor Chamel and Edward Olivares, now, now you're starting to look at a little bit more multi tooled outfielders. You're looking at guys that can play kind of across the spectrum of the outfield, spotting in and center, and then obviously in the corners. So we'll start with Mr. Olivares, acquired originally from Toronto in the Jan hervis Solardi deal. One of the best seasons in all of AA last year. Uh, it, I believe 18 homers, stole over 30 bases was really the heart and soul of the double-A roster last year uh, that ended up winning the Texas League Championship. So he's going to be a AAA this year to, to start off more than likely. He's probably the first bat that gets called up due to an injury or a trade of something that opens up. Um, is, that, not,
0: is that because he's a right-hander? Because we, we have left-handed I, depth?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of left-handed uh, hitting outfielders on the major league level. One of those right-handers right now, Will Myers, has obviously been talked about a lot in trade. So, Edward Alvarez does have an advantage that he's already on the 40-man roster. Uh, He had to be put on the roster this past offseason to protect him against the Rule 5. And if he goes to AAA, which is a hitter's haven right now in the Pacific Coast League, I'm sure the numbers are also going to be looking pretty good. Um, But he can impact the game in a lot of different facets, brings a lot of tools to it. Whether the hit tool continues to improve, Um, if he improves like he did from 18 to 19 and from 19 to 20, he's somebody that might be pushing his way into the future of the outfield for the Padres. Now, Taylor Trammell comes from a little bit of a different background. Obviously, acquired last year from the Reds and the uh, Fran Mill-Rays-Logan Allen deal there, the three-team kind of deal. Comes with a much higher prospect pedigree. Uh, He's been a top 100 prospect for really the last three years since being drafted at high school. He's been a Futures game attendee the last couple of years. He's one of those, uh, I would say, one of the more polarizing prospects in all of baseball. Depending on what, uh, whether it's Baseball America, Baseball Perspectives, wherever you want to get your prospect information from, uh, they rank him from anywhere from probably the high 30s, low 40s, to not really on the top 100 prospects. So... When people are interviewing him right now in camp, one of the things that he's mentioning is he's going back to a hit tool, basically a, a hitting stance that he was using a couple of years ago before the Reds started to tinker with him to get him to have more loft in the at-bats. So well, since doing that, he's had a lot more success, including the uh, go-ahead home run in the Texas League Finals.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's, it's interesting to, to think about that Padres have two guys in camp right now that they've acquired. One in Trent Grisham, who the the Brewers kind of tinkered or messed with his swing, and he went back to his original swing. Uh, the same thing with uh, Taylor Trammell, um, who's knocking on the door. I mean, he's, he seems very talented. And, you know, guys, we talked about it when they made the deal, right? Um, George, we, we talked about this a bit. Taylor Trammell, when he was – when they made the deal. I think, you know, this guy was having a down season, and we were all kind of like, oh, okay, well – you know, obviously he had talent, but he had a down season. And then certainly Padre's kind of tweaked with his swing and, you know, he's finished strong. Uh, what you've seen so far w- would love to just maybe get your thoughts on, on Taylor Trammell, just because I think he's a name we're probably going to hear for a, quite some time. Um, what are your, what's your impression?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Taylor Trammell, uh, I, I believe he's climbed into the top, uh, what, three in terms of our prospects? He's, he's right up there, three or four, with Abrams and, and Patino. Of course, right behind Gore, and uh, exciting to see what Tramel's doing. He brings a high energy uh, again at the at the plate, uh, out of the box. You know, he, he's a speed demon. He can he can kind of leg out those those doubles. You know, the, those ones that are hit short. But at the end of the day, he's like a Carl Crawford with better plate discipline. And uh, we all know that Carl Crawford was was a peak player for about you know five seven years in the majors with Tampa. Uh, but yeah, no, excited to see uh, what we have there. I know we were bummed out that we didn't. You Know get, a, get an elite veteran center fielder through trade, but uh, the, his arm might probably push him to, to left where he can be a special defensive fielder. But uh, I don't know, we have depth there with Grisham, I think uh, he's doing what we hoped he could do. And Trammell, uh, yeah, excited to see him being in a major league uniform within two years,
0: 100%. 100%. Yeah, thanks, George. And you know, one thing that's interesting to, to talk about, guys, we just mentioned. You know, four very talented players, one of which is probably going to be their starting center fielder. I feel like Grisham's kind of on that path. Um, Tommy Pham, who's been, who, who's actually given way to a lot of these guys to get opportunities because he's been battling injury so far. We've seen him just for the last couple days, which has been nice to see him um, in games, not playing the field, but as a, as a DH. Um, but a couple names we haven't really mentioned is Franchi Cordero and Josh Naylor. Um, I mean, that, that's a lot of talent in the outfield. Uh, unproven, but you know, you're seeing the tools. You're seeing the talent, uh, and these are guys are knocking on the door. So it's exciting. You know, a uh, lot of lot of possibility. Um, I'd like to just jump back real quick to a few other names that are have been exciting to see: uh, Gabriel Arias and and even Luis Um You know, Arias is I think. You know, he, to me, he's a really interesting piece for our future, and I, I my feeling is that he's going to be a trade piece. Um, I want to get your your thoughts on Arias. Um, want to know if you guys feel like if he's a long term piece for this team? You think he's going to slot in at second base, or because he's being blocked by Fernando Tatis, is he really going to be a trade piece at some point? And then Lloris Torrens, uh, alternatively, I feel like he's a talented bat. He's the Padres made an investment in him. And I feel like he's in some ways similar to Austin Hedges, maybe not as good of the glove, obviously, but, you know, has the, the bat. I, I kind of want to start with each of you on these separately. Gabriel Arias, guys, what do you think about him? And is he, do they have a future with his team? Um, and then we'll move on to Terence. So I'll, I'll start with Nick. Uh, Gabriel Arias, thoughts on him? Does he stick with the Padres? And, and what do you think his future uh, really is with this organization?
2: Gabriel Arias, once again part of the 2015 J2 class. You're going to hear that a lot over the next couple of years. One of the, one of the more talented players in the system. Uh, this this is a kid who at 20 or literally just turned 20 this last February. Hit 300 last year in the Cal League, 17 home runs and plays a plus defensive shortstop position. That's that's typically a team's top prospect or in their group of top prospects. This is a kid who is only not being thought of as the shortstop of the future because there's a 21-year-old superstar in the making playing shortstop for the Padres in Fernando Tatis. If Tatis wasn't there, this would be the heir apparent to shortstop for San Diego.
0: And so Gabriel quite- Arias is 19, is that right?
2: Uh, he just turned 20 in February.
0: Just turned 20, okay, thank you.
2: Uh, so the big thing with him is, is obviously one of the biggest jumps for any minor league player is the jump from high A ball to double A. The level of pitching substantially is better. Breaking balls, location, stuff like that. And we're going to see if that bat continues to develop at the double A level. If it does, the Potters are going to have a very valuable asset on their hands going into the trade season or even this next off season, uh, where part of, as part of that JT class, uh, we're gonna start to get into that forty-man roster crunch next year, and he—he'll be one of those names that's gonna have to be protected at that point. So,
0: no, that's great. Uh, well, maybe you know, Nick, you—you you did pretty comprehensive uh, review there, Arias. George. Maybe I'll—I'll I'll flip to you on on Luis Torrens. Uh, you know, what do you feel like his future is? Is he a Padre that, you know, would the Padres consider carrying a third catcher? And you know, what what are your thoughts on him overall and his options for his opportunity to make the club this year?
1: Uh, I don't know if the ball clubs are really going to go with three catchers. They've, uh, I know they've done it in the past with the Christian Benton project. Uh, I know that didn't pan out as, as we had hoped, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's a 23 year old catcher with some major league experience. We, we got him in the rule five draft uh, a few years back. We can't forget that. So he's still young. And uh, I, I think eventually personally, I would like to see him back in, uh, back up Mr. Mejia uh, behind the plate uh, instead of hedges. I think we've given hedges enough years and he's just too much of a handicap uh, in the batter's box when yeah. he can't hit. You know, more than two twenty. Uh, we can't afford to do that. We need guys that can get on base. And I think Torrance does uh, gives us a lot better opportunity. But I'm excited for uh, the depth that Torrance brings to the team. And uh, we'll see what we'll see what Tingler does with the catching position.
0: Yeah, well said, George. And I, I think it's yeah it, it, the Austin Hedges to me it feels like a guy that um we talked about this before just doesn't feel like he has a spot any longer in this team and and he, he just doesn't um seem to fit the this what this team is trying to to do um certainly a good catcher but i think it just kind of stops there so uh no very very interesting uh, topic and would love to see how that's gonna ultimately play out um if you guys are okay i'd like to shift gears a little bit to talk a little bit about uh You know, something that is a strength for the Padres, clearly. And this is uh, the bullpen. Um, You know, I think it's easy to say that there's a... As we move through camp, there's going to be a bit of a dilemma. Uh, Padres have a very strong bullpen and arguably one of the best in baseball. Um, We talk about it, and we can rattle off a list of names, which we'll do here at some point. But there's some guys who are conceivably locks when it comes to the bullpen. And there's some guys who are certainly on the bubble and those bubble guys are, are, are talented. Uh, you know, jo- George, I'd like to, to kick this over to you and, and uh, on get your, get your thoughts on just the bullpen overall. And then we can kind of dive into, to some of the names to that, that are maybe on the bubble and, and locks, but what, what's your thoughts on this, this bullpen and um, if, a few names that maybe stand out to you. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I'm excited for our bullpen. I mean, uh, we heard after the Milo Pagan, you know, we're, we're top top open in baseball, maybe right behind the Yankees. But uh, you're just talking about winning a lot of close games. And, and that's the position that the Padres find themselves in a lot of games throughout the season. And uh, that provides a lot of depth. The million dollar question, I, I think, is going to be, is Jace Tingler going to go with your traditional locked roles? Uh, you know, your seven, eight, nine, kind of like the Padres of the past used to do, or are, are they going to simply do uh, the guys that give us the best chance to win the inning or the matchup? You know, is, are we going to see Emilio Pagan in the sixth inning, the seventh inning? Uh, you know, what are we going to see? Is Anthony Munoz going to close games or Pagan when Yates goes back to back games? So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, a lot of guys uh, who could step up in this fireman role. And uh, that, that's on the back of the rotation in terms of, you know, the sixth, seventh inning, the Pomerances, uh, you know, the, the hobby Guerra, uh, there, there's a lot of depth there that, that Tingler's going to have. And I, I think those are good options to have. And if not, uh, you know, you're going to have guys in the minor leagues that are going to be getting their innings down there. And as we know, uh, teams call up and call down uh, relief pitchers quite a bit, especially when they're going through long stretches in the season without a day off. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, Tingler has to learn to manage that part of the uh, the roster. Uh, but yeah, no, man, it's a deep bullpen. And I think we're going to win a lot of close games this season.
0: Uh, thanks George. Absolutely. This is, it's, it's dynamic. Uh, there's a lot of guys, so I'm, I'm going to rattle off some names, Nick, before I throw this over to you. And then we can maybe think about some of the guys who are on the bubble. Uh, obviously we have a guy, Kirby Yates, one of the best closers in baseball. Drew Pomerantz is a guy we signed this off season. Emilio Pagan picked him up from Tampa. Jose Castillo, powerful lefty that really we didn't get to see much of last year because he was injured. Uh, Matt Stram, we've seen him a bit in camp. The veteran Craig Stamen, twenty-one-year-old um, Andres Munoz, and and a Pierce Johnson, which to me are, I feel like in in my mind are locks. Um, and then of course there's bubble guys. And maybe Nick, you could start off with some of the bubble guys, and then certainly talk a little bit about you know some of the guys that you're really high on this year in terms of the locks. Or, or excuse me, the bubble guys.
2: Yeah, Mark, you, you rattled off basically eight tremendous relievers right there. And those guys are, are probably the the favorites for those jobs. Um, from Yates, Pomerantz, Begon, on and on. Um, some of the guys that are on the kind of the fringe there that are fighting for a roster spot there. Um, one of the names that comes right to the head of the, the list is Javier. Guerra. Javier, Guerra, the, the former converted shortstop now. Um, Originally acquired from the Red Sox, in fact, the last part of that deal still Padres' property uh, after Manny Margot was traded this uh, offseason. So Mm. it's a relief profile where he literally his first time pitching was last time or last year at this time in camp, and he went from a meteoric rise from instructional league to (laughs) Lake Elsinore to AAA to the majors in September. So. A pretty meteoric rise, but it's a fastball that's high 90s that flirts with 100. It's a high 80s slider that he's showing better aptitude for in only literally a year worth of pitching. So it's an arm with not a lot of miles on it, obviously being a shortstop his entire career and being converted over to being a pitcher at 23. So it's definitely a promising profile. There is a track record and a history of successful conversions like this. Padres are probably intimate into uh, disinformation with a former converted shortstop named Trevor Hoffman, who ended up having a pretty darn good career in a Padre uniform. So Kenley Jansen, that's another one in the major leagues, former catcher, became an all-star closer. So now the thing is with Javier is that he's on the 40-man roster, but he's out of options. So what that means is he's got to break the opening day roster the opening 26-man roster. If not, you'll have to be exposed to waivers. And as you can see with the, all the other teams in the league, you're not going to sneak through a young kid on minimum with six years plus of control if there's high 90s with a wipeout slider. That's going to get taken. So,
0: What's his chance of really making this club with the depth that we have? I mean, do the Padres stash him as that 26th guy and they keep Cronenworth down as a result because they, they see value in him? I, I mean, it's a... It's going to come down to, you know, it feels like, at least at this point, right? We're here, here early March, we're talking about Cronenworth. We're talking about Guerra, you know, Luis Perdomo is a guy that it feels like would be on most rosters, but he's probably going to start in AAA or, or be dealt, um, because of the crunch that's going to ultimately come. But is, is, I'd love to get your thoughts on, uh, is from you, Nick and, and George, you know, does this guy make the club or is he a, a trade piece?
2: Well, so far in camp, he's looked good. I mean, he's got three shutout innings so far. He's showing that power arm, and like I said, he's showing a better aptitude for throwing the slider. Um, it's the, the eight names you originally said, all are pretty much proven relief guys at the major league level at a high level. Javi is that's going to be a tough question as camp goes, and we'll see how the health of the bullpen holds up True. through March. True. Uh, you know, things happen during, during camp and somebody might pull a hamstring or something like that happens. And all of a sudden, somebody's on the 15 DL and you see Javier Breaking Camp and heading down to Petco Park at the beginning of the season.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. The A bullpen and rotation is going to be stacked. Yeah. There's a lot of good names like Stephen Wilson, David Bednar, Trey Wingenter that are going to be pitching at El Paso for the majority of the year and waiting for an opportunity. Javier is at the top of that list as well.
0: Yeah, George, I'll kick it over to you. Do you think that, that Javi Guerra is a, a, a player that the Padres would consider keeping a roster spot for, given his, you know, lack of pitching in, in years, but he's obviously extremely talented? Um, I think it's, it's an interesting question, um, being that he's on the 40-man roster, and, and I honestly don't know what the Padres could get for him. Um, you know, maybe maybe uh, Tingler and, and company are going to be faced with something a, a tough decision, uh, what are your thoughts on on the on Guerra specifically in some of those bubble guys?
1: No, uh, uh, I get it, man, it's a tough call to make. Uh, it's It's make or break with Javi Guerra. I think tank you hit it uh, hit it on the head. Uh, just in terms of uh, in terms of health, you know, uh, I think we're gonna be lucky if if we can get through the spring training and have everyone healthy. It's part of the game. Uh, but I think a couple guys that he has a chance to maybe compete with is going to be a Pierce Johnson and maybe a, a Matt Strom. Uh, Strom is a lefty out of our pen. But uh, if we're going to have guys like Castillo and Palms, uh, Drew Pomerantz coming out of the pen as a lefty, um, you know, maybe Javi is worth keeping. I definitely agree with you. I don't think he slips through the waiver wire. Uh, many years of control, low cost, uh, nasty slider. Uh, he's going to get scooped up, absolutely. So uh, I think you got to find a way. To, to see what happens, you know, barring, but bar, it's going to, it's going to have to come down in an injury, but uh, again, another tough call that a uh, Tingler's going to have to make, but ultimately it's going to be who can give the major league team the best chance to win a ball game, uh, you know, this season. So I think that's where the decision comes down to.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's a, it's uh, totally valid. And, and I uh, thank you for that. I, I think, you know, one other name that we, we didn't mention, I feel like who's a guy who is a bubble guy, for the, either the bullpen or the starting staff, is a Cal Quantrill, because I don't know if we really know where he stands at this point. Um, certainly a candidate to start at AAA, but also um, we saw some some nice starts from him. Um, I think there's obviously been plenty of rumors this offseason about him being traded. So the, I think that'll time will tell if, if Cal Quantrill is a piece that, that Preller would actually consider trading, um, if there's a final bat or a piece that he wanted to add before opening day. Uh, but no, guys. Thanks. This is uh, that. That's great uh, discussion about the our talented bullpen, and you know, Padres bullpen really could be the best in in all of baseball. And uh, to to feel like that's an area that's just kind of locked down, um, and that's and that and I feel like we can withstand injury if that comes up. We have pieces that could step into the closer role um, to the eighth. Uh, excuse me, seventh, eighth inning. Um, or just you know in the early sixth inning, if uh, Craig Stamen, you know was had a tired arm or something like that, you could certainly throw a lot of different guys in that role, and and I think they would excel. Um, well, shifting gears real quick, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the the forty man roster crunch, which we touched on a little bit in that segment. Uh, you know guys, this is something now with the waves of talent the Padres have coming. We talked about some of these outfielders, just a ton of outfielders we have, all the pitching depth. Uh, this is something that is going to be a topic for Padre fans and for LJ, AJ Preller and the leadership of the organization to think about for quite some time. Love to just have an open dialogue about you know some of the things that we, we've already talked about, you know, Javi Guerra. and um, one thing I'd like to start with a little bit is the you know Hedges and and, and Torrens. Uh, which you touched on Torrens a little bit. Um, you know, guys, is my my first question. I think is I, I want to know. If you think that Hedges is going to be, will he finish the season as a San Diego Padre? Uh, my feeling is he won't. I, at some point, I think some team is going to come down with injury from the catching stamp from a catcher, and they're going to be looking to the Padres to to, to fill that role. Um, and and just really open up for open dialogue about the forty-man roster crunch and, and what do you think this is going to be? This is going to look like, and what are some of the decisions that are going to have to be made? Um, Nick, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. Um, you know, give, give me your 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 thoughts on the forty man roster.
2: Overall, I'll touch on, on the Austin Hedges thing real quick. Um, it's going to be a couple different variables. One, it's we're going to have to see what Francisco Mejia does with with the starting job. Um, if he improves the defense and the bat takes off like it did in the second half last year, um, I think you're you're definitely going to be seeing edges. Stuck basically in, in a reserve role, probably catching once a week, um, and being hopefully like a little extra coach on, on the uh, on the bench there. Uh, two, I think it's going to be the development of the catchers behind them. Uh, Louis Torrens at AAA and also Louis Camposano at Double A. Their continued production and development, I think, will make the organization feel a lot more comfortable if it comes to dealing awesome hedges. And then, hey, there's always got to be two to Tango. So catchers that hit one seventy six. Uh, no matter how good defensively they are, you need another organization that sees value in him and wants to trade for it. Well, now, outside of Austin Hedges, <laughs> uh, talking about the 40 the man crunch here, uh, when you look across uh, all the different aspects of it, especially I'll touch on the outfield, um, there's a lot of young, talented outfielders, but not really a single one that's claimed a starting job. Uh, You look at teams like Atlanta, they have a lot of young players too, but they have young players that have claimed roles that have, you know, put themselves on that roster moving forward. The Padres and the outfields don't necessarily have that. Um, You have young outfielders like Jorge Onia, who just got added, Edward Olivares, Josh Naylor, Trent Grisham. And what the team desperately needs to have more clarity moving forward is for one or two of these players to really claim a starting role and to take that next step.
0: Well, so uh, I'll stop you there real quick. So Tommy Pham obviously has claimed a spot, and the Padres, to be fair, the Padres wanted Hunter Renfro and Manny Margot to be the guys who are going to claim those spots, and they waited a couple years, and that didn't happen. And so now we've got even more talent in this outfield, um, and I think feels like Trent Grisham is going to do that. All right, um, you know, there's there's two guys there, but George, I'll kick it over to you. You know, um. You know how, how do you, how do you see the Padres dealing with this forty man roster crunch? And and we'll start with outfield because I think Nick brought up some uh, some relevant points there. And how, how do they? I guess the question to you is is how do the Padres manage um, having a wealth of talent and having to to kind of I guess put rank those guys and decide okay who are the pieces that you keep long term and who are the pieces that you decide to trade.
1: Yeah, no, that's the million dollar question. I mean, that's why these coaches and GMs get paid the big bucks. And um, and in this year's situation, I think, uh, like I said, they're, they're good options. I think Tommy Pham's locked in a position. I think we know that. Uh, I think Grisham, the fact that he was on the non-trade block a couple weeks back when we were talking with Boston, locks him into a position. Uh, and then you come into the million dollar, you know, question of Mr. Uh, Will Myers, you know, he. He's doing okay right now in spring training. He's hit two over the fence. Uh, you know, uh, hit a one-two fastball today that they tried to sneak by him. Uh, but, yeah, ultimately is the $20 million question, a guy that we've tried to move, a guy who's been in many trade rumors over the last couple weeks, uh, which I know isn't easy from the player's end, but he's been able to ignore the noise and and produce and have fun with the team. And and Jay Tingler focusing on winning is a big part of that. So, uh, and then you have French Cordero, uh, another enigma who – we always talk about is about injuries, uh, but the potential's there. Good friend of his in Fernando Tatis last week made a comment that, you know, uh, kind of put a lot of people, you know, by surprise saying that he's got more tools than, than himself. And and that's great to hear as a pottery fan, because again, if he can stay healthy, uh, you know, I think the upside is amazing. And we've seen the, the monster home run he hit in Arizona last year. You know, we've talked about in the outfield, he can run like a gazelle. And uh, then you got Josh Naylor, who's lost 20 pounds in the offseason. And we all know he brings a good stick. Uh, love the energy with him. And I think he, he he you know gives us some versatility playing first base, uh, playing corner outfield spots. So, uh, again, uh, some great, great options for the team. The roster crunch will be tough, but I think it comes down to who has minor league options and who doesn't. And uh, that's the team the Tingler will go with.
0: George, I think you said it best right there, is, is who, who's on the 40 men now and who's not. Right. You know, a guy like Taylor Trammell is is not on that 40 man. But, you know, just from what I've seen and, you know, if he continues to do what he's been doing in camp and, and you know, if if, he, if he's effectively move, turn the corner as a, as a prospect and he's getting closer to being major league ready, you know, Padres is going to be faced with decisions. They're going to have to they have Josh Naylor, who is on the 40 man roster. So, you know, is he a guy that similar to Fran Reyes? Uh, you know, doesn't really have a position at this point because Hosmer's locked in at first um, and, and Naylor is certainly trimmed down, looks better. But I feel like, you know, if Padres had to make a decision, he would go to AAA. Um, so any any additional thoughts here, guys, before we, we shift gears to our last segment um, on the 40-man roster? All right.
2: I would say real quick, going into the 2019 season, outfields is one of the deeper parts of the major league roster of what everybody thought. And when you look back at it, you look at all the names that are gone from that roster, Manny Margos, the Hunter Renfros, Fran Miller Reyes. So as we can see, one season, one off season can make a complete 180 as to what the face of that area might look like. So beginning of 2021 might look a whole lot different as well.
0: Oh, I make a great point. Um, well, thanks for that, guys. That's that's a good conversation there. Um, so I'd like to shift to our last segment. Um, so we received some questions from uh, some fans recently, and I'm gonna try our, our first uh, Q and A segment here. So I'm gonna j- jump right into our fir- with our first question. So our first question comes from Anthony from Chula Vista, and uh, George, I'm gonna throw this one over to you. Um, where does where does Tatis hit in the lineup? Um, first second or third, where, where does this guy hit and, and why?
1: Oh, man, I, I, that's a great question. I think you can really slot him in any of those three spots, but uh, I'm a fan of him hitting in the leadoff spot. Um, I think he's a guy who can get on base at a high level. Uh, he's got speed. He can disrupt the pitcher, uh, who can which can lead into you know, making a mistake pitch. And, uh, you know, if you got guys who can put the bat on the ball with some power like Pham or Grisham or Machado behind Tatis, uh, and now you're allotting Tatis to have that extra at-bat um, every game, uh, I think that's important. So uh, I don't think he's done anything to not deserve getting taken out of the leadoff spot. So um, my, my call would be to, to keep him
0: in that, that one hole. Oh, that's a great point, Georgian. And he said he likes the leadoff spot, and he's going to get pitches to, to hit because there's plenty of guys behind him, and that immediately puts pressure on, on the defense. Uh, so I, I, I agree with you. Um, Nick, I'm, I'm going to actually throw that second question over to you. Um, our second question comes over from Janet from San Diego. Um, uh, this is also about Fernando Tatis. Is, so, when are the Padres going to extend this guy? They talked about, you know, having a contract for him at some point, and that's been the rumor. Um, it, it certainly makes sense. Um, I'll the. He's only played eighty-four major league games, and his his talent is off chart, off the charts. But when do the Padres start talking about that? And it's A.J. Pillars seem to be kind of mum's the word, but um love to get your thoughts on, on what a contract would look like for him and when you think that might come.
2: Uh, when should they start talking about it? They should have t- started talking about it uh, last year, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> that's when they should have started talking about it. Uh, a player like Fernando Tatis, who's one of the – um, what might look like a generational type of, of talent at the shortstop position. Uh, every, every day you wait and every day he gets closer to free agency, he's going to be that much more expensive. And right now he would be projected to reach free agency at the age of 26. Um, as a generational type shortstop prospect, that's very far and few between. have had that kind of offensive numbers at that position um, with that kind of athleticism. So, um, yeah, you'd be looking at probably a $400 million contract at 26 if everything develops the way it's looking. So right now, you try and throw out to him probably a uh, an Alex Bregman type of deal. Uh, Alex Bregman signed an extension after a couple of really good years. It was a five-year, $100 million contract. And I think, obviously, it would take something that's above that to entice him to be able to, to sign that and hopefully get one to two years of those free agent years. Um, and for somebody like him, if you really think he's going to be the face of the franchise to pair up with Manny Machado, it, it would not be outside of the norm to offer something that is uh, record-breaking for his one year of, of service time group.
0: Like like so, Ronald Acuna record-breaking?
2: Uh, Ronald Acuna, that was a, I would say, a severely uh, team-friendly deal. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Fernando Tatis is going to be signing that same type of uh, team-friendly deal, per se. Oh,
0: that's too uh, bad.
2: I could see something in more like the six for 120 or seven for 150. Um, and it sounds a lot for a player of that age, but it's cost control and, and cost certainty for a team that moving into the future, yeah, you want to be able to kind of build around it. There's going to be a lot of other good young players. The team's going to have to figure out ways to pay, but that kid has got to be the heart and soul of the uh, the lineup and of the roster. You got to figure out a way to get that done.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I think uh, the Padres will get that done. He's expressed that, you know, there's been a lot of questions that recently about, hey, you know, how the Padres reached out to you about it, and I think it's been kind of mum's the word uh, so far. He's, you know, hinted at that nothing's really been happening on that front, but, uh, you know, I think the Padres would be smart to kind of see, uh, be, be kicking the tires on that and talking to him. Um, you know, having a, a deal by the break seems to me would be make a lot of sense, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, so our third question um, actually comes from Miles in Lemon Grove, and uh, this is to both of you guys. So I'm going to ask you for a bat and an arm. So who is your break? Uh, – we're talking guys who are either at the Major League level or who are close to be at the Major League level. So who is your breakout player this year? Um, George, I'm going to kick this over to you. Give me one arm and one bat.
1: Ooh, good question. Um, my breakout bat, well, and and, and
0: give me a, give me a why.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know what, man? I've seen some good at bats uh, and I've talked about him all night as Grisham out of center field, man. Um, I I really think we're, he's going to be our breakout guy. Uh, I've talked to you guys, you know, behind the scenes of what we can expect from him in terms of a stat line. And, uh, I know we were kind of bummed out and missing out on a guy like Starlin Marte, but at the end of the day, if you if you look at a slash line, which I'm going to forecast around, you know, uh, let's just shoot high around 265, 270 with about 20 to 22 homers um, and maybe stealing 15 to 20 bases, maybe. Um, I'm happy with that, you know, and I think that's a good offensive season from our center fielder, uh, especially when you got a, a lot of a loaded team around him. So uh, we'll, we'll see where they put him in the lineup in terms of an arm. Oh, man. uh I'd have to say in terms of an arm, I'm going to say Lamette. I think Lamette's going to come uh, come out and blow some doors down. Uh, his first start out of the spring was impressive, hitting the high 90s. Uh, his, his, he's got a bite slider that on a great day is nasty, and uh, will keep a lot of guys off balance. So I'm excited to see what Lamette, uh brings to the rotation this year.
0: Love it, George. Those are, those are two great picks. Uh, Nick, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. Get your thoughts. I need one arm. And uh, one bat and, and breakout. And again, these can be guys who are knocking on the door, or guys who guys are at the major league level who are going to take a step forward this year.
2: Well, since George took two major leaguers, I'm going to take two minor leaguers that are pretty close, and we'll see time in San Diego this year. And I'll start with the pitcher first. Is uh, Michelle Bias? Uh, last year came up in, a, in relief role. This spring he looks healthy. He looks dominant. The fastball is back to the high 90s. It's sitting at 96, 97. The slider now is ticking up into the high 80s. It's always been more of a plus changeup. That stuff plays at the major league level, and he's going to have a big, big year this year. For position players, Taylor Trammell. Taylor Trammell is going back, and when you look at some of his swings this spring, it reminds you of the Taylor Trammell from two years ago in the Futures game. Where it was it was a fluid swing. You see him against left-handed pitching even. He's keeping that front shoulder in. He's having no problem letting the ball travel in more and and going oppo, It's it's a beautiful thing to see from a young hitter. He possesses so many different tools. It's probably a four tool player with the arm probably gonna push him to the left, but there's a ton of potential for Taylor Chamble to impact the team, and he might start doing that as quickly as the second half of 2020.
0: Very nice, very nice. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll jump in with mine. So from I'll start with pitch from a pitcher standpoint. Uh, I'm gonna say Andres Munoz. I feel like he's a guy who's you know 103 mile an hour fastball, uh, 21 years old, uh, ready. I think I think. You know, a lot more major league fans are going to know a lot about, a lot more about uh, him this year. Um, solid kid. Um, his 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 stuff's going to play um, from a from a bat standpoint. Uh, I would say, you know, interesting. You guys kind of both had a few guys on my list there, and I'm uh, kind of I'm going back and forth between Cronenworth and, and Franchi Cordero, but ultimately I think Franchi Cordero. Um, I'm I'm rooting for the guy to stay healthy this year. I would love to see him take a step step forward and and grab reins of the, the four or five spot in this Padres lineup and and push his way to where he's playing every day, uh, and that gives the Padres even more issues actually to deal with because a guy like that they're not really counting on at this point because they can't because he's been historically injured. Uh, be interesting interesting to see, but I'd like to thank our um, our fans for asking those questions. Keep the questions coming. Great stuff. Um, you can reach out to us at friarlounge.com and or email us at, friarlounge at gmail.com and uh, send us your questions. We'd appreciate that, uh, guys. Great show tonight. Lot to be excited about. Um, the next time you hear from us, we will be in Peoria and doing a spring training version of this show. And so I'm excited to talk a little bit about, you know, how things are on the ground in Peoria. Talk some baseball. Um a lot of reasons to be excited, guys. You know, certainly as we wrap up this show, seven and one is it's spring training. I think the Padres had one of the best records last year in spring training and so and we saw how that that season ended. But it certainly feels like a different feel with this organization and the, the talent that's there and uh the different vibe that Jace Tingler brings. Um You know, Any any thoughts here before we wrap up and we head to Peoria next week, guys?
2: I'm just going to say, we're going to be taking a whole lot of video in the backfields of Peoria, so make sure you stay tuned to FriarLounge.com.
1: We're going to be bringing a whole lot of great content to you this next week.
0: Yeah, thanks, Nick. George, what do you think, man?
1: Uh, Echo what Nick said, guys. Excited to go out there for our third year out in Peoria. Uh, See the boys out there and uh, just excited for the new energy uh, that the team's bringing this year. Uh, you know I've got a couple of buddies that have been out there and they said it's a different uh, different field than what they've been uh, in the past couple. so excited to, to see you guys out there.
0: Yeah thanks guys. and I'll just wrap up by saying, you know guys, we're running our 51st season as an organization. the first 50 years we made two World Series and have, have been a lot to write home about. But now this is a different era. This is a 2020 51st season in the franchise. there's an opportunity here. A lot of these guys have no connection to that history. And these guys are hungry to win. And as a fan, if you can't get excited about that and, and the what we've built from an organization and the youth, I mean, we re- effectively have 12 guys who could you could throw into the starting rotation. And only five or six guys are going to get that opportunity this year. And uh, I'm excited. So uh, I'll see you guys in Peoria. And we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for joining. Thank you for listening to the Friar Lounge Podcast. For more awesome content about your San Diego Padres, visit our website, FriarLounge.com, or check us out on Twitter or Facebook. Have a great week, and go Padres!